This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Um, it's been a couple hours. It's, what a game. Uh, what a win. So we are still in the stadium. Obviously, this will be your Civilized Barking post-game podcast. This is the live room we do after almost every game. Um, and I'll just say it. You can count me among the many. And if you're not one, you're a liar. Uh, it didn't think the Browns had a chance. And really, up until late in the third quarter, didn't think the Browns had a chance. Then I thought they had a one. Then I thought, well, anyway, it was that kind of game they found a way. Um, not perfect in any aspect. Certainly strange circumstances, strange decisions. And then a it, it chip shot kick for an NFL kicker it doesn't go in, but you'll take it, right? This defense is really, really good. That saved the Browns today. P.J. Walker was really serviceable, and it was scary at times. Um, they ran the ball. Right. Um, the coach made some head scratching, incredibly brain numb decisions. They won the game. So we'll see if this is a launching pad. We'll see if this is one, Jason, that um, if they look back later. But certainly when you do look at the bigger picture, and that's where we usually start, and that's where we will start today. Um, if you were two and three and lost, and, you know, we still don't know on the quarterback. Still have a lot to fix, obviously, but some guys really stepped up today. And to win a game like this, at least it can be one you look back on and say, okay, that's when finally, finally things started to be different. I don't know what you're talking about. I knew all along they are going to win. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was incredible. All credit to the de- – most of the credit to the defense – you know, and this was a game where Miles really didn't have a Miles type of impact, and yet the defense was still this incredible. They lost the turnover battle again. I think they've lost the turnover battle in every game this year, right? Am I am I accurate on that? I don't think they won. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. And and uh, they've and they still find a way to win the game. Uh, just remarkable. The Niners had fifty four yards on their first drive, one hundred and sixty the rest of the game. Yeah. So it just really and and you can spare me the. They lost Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey. I saw a little bit of that on social media. Come on, guys. Like, seriously? The Browns were without their starting quarterback. Elevated guy from practice squad. No Nick Chubb. No Joe Batonio. Like, there are no Niners excuses for this. The Browns won the game. Period. Give them their flowers or whatever the cool kids say, however they say it. Just an incredible, gutsy performance. I mean, P.J. Walker, I had somebody text me. P.J. Walker was 0 for 5 on the final drive, and yet they still got in the field goal range. Did not complete a pass, nearly th- threw into triple coverage in the end zone, nearly threw an interception, and they still managed to get down the field and get into field goal range. If there was any chance at all for them to win this game, they were going to have to rely on the defense. They were going to have to create some short fields. Uh, they did rely on the defense. They didn't really – the Emerson pick was big, obviously, but just a really gutty performance. Walker didn't lose them the game, which is about all you could expect for him, I think. They got it out quick for the most part. You know, Fred Fred Warner telegraphed one. Uh, the other one, Zach, you called it down the sideline. They just It's a limited playbook. They went back to the sideline route one too many times, and the Niners sniffed it out. But otherwise, man, what a gutty, gritty, gritty performance that this team really, really needed to quiet what was another strange week in Berea. Yeah, um, there's a lot of strange weeks, and there's a lot still out there, right? Um, and because of how the Browns have handled it and because they haven't, made the quarterback himself directly available to address what's going on. There is the mystery, but 
Um, you mentioned it in in the season of bizarre stats, right? The Browns came out today feeling real good about being down 10, seven and a half and held this offense to three yards in the third quarter, right? Which gave them a chance. Won the game despite going 0-5 for your quarterback on the last drive. I think two different Niners players hit, um, get their hands on what should have been an interception to end the game. It falls down. And then you don't get the ball last. You give up a big play and you still win, right? The rookie kicker who hadn't missed misses into this, closed end and, and there's not one easy end here uh in this stadium especially today and he, the, the first miss was long right 50 some yards you're like okay whatever i mean that is one that every nfl kicker makes and it just floated it just floated right on him and uh the browns win the game so you know we've heard sports talk all along <clears throat> about you know ultimately the, the stats that matter are the simple ones and sometimes what doesn't show up in the stats the pressure wins and so Miles against Trent Williams, um, arguably the best doing it right now, doesn't have that huge stat day, but he does get his hand on the one that's picked off, right? They just, they, they did swarm around. And, um, you know, obviously the Browns, both teams playing without guys. The Niners offense is not what, what it is without those guys, but they made Brock Purdy have happy feet. Because I told you, Jason, in the last drive, he finally settled in and he was making those throws. He did, he did his part of the job. But from the entire second half before that, he was sped up mentally. He's sped up in his mechanics, and he was searching for answers. Uh, George Kittle had three touchdowns last week as they routed the Cowboys. I think he had one catch today. Yeah. Right? Um, Three of 12, the Niners were. 215 total yards, as you mentioned. And the Browns run for 160. So, you know, some of that to me is just mentality. It's just we have to do it, and we have to get a push. And however, we have to stack them up. And I know you guys are mad at Stefanski, and there are some reasons that you should be. And I know when Stefanski throws the ball to Harrison Bryant and Jordan Akins, you're wondering what the hell's going on, and I am too. right? But between Stefanski, Bill Callahan, Alex Van Pelt, Jerome Ford, Kareem Hunt, we can't call him the ghost of Kareem Hunt. He looked like an NFL player today, right? They just found a way to get in there and fight, and so credit to them. Uh, it was sloppy all around. It's almost fitting that the last kick is supposed to go in, and it just turns right because – the refs were terrible. The weather was terrible. The Browns' discipline was terrible. <laughs> There's too many penalties, too many missed opportunities. But but they find a way to fight it out. And Purdy goes, Purdy, who was 72% in no interceptions on the year, goes 12 to 27. All right. Um, you, you needed to get out of jail late in the first half, and the punter gives you one. Your defensive line really in the third quarter starts to take over. And then you get a little magic in the fourth quarter and you don't apologize. You take the win. And so now, <clears throat> you know, you still have to win next week, right? Because playoff teams beat Gardner Minshew. Yes. Right. And, and, and his three yard passes and, and a team there that's really in transition. But instead of being two and three and your whole season on the line and everyone looking and saying, why can't you give us a straight answer on the quarterback? Why isn't the quarterback playing? What's going on? You look and say, okay. We figured out how we can run the ball because guess what? Deshaun needs to practice even if he comes back to practice on Wednesday. Um, and, and, and every single week, this defense gives you a chance. And frankly, you know, with the way the, the Niners moved it early, I said to you, look, this is, this is the way good offenses attack this defense. They take advantage of their over-aggressiveness. You know, frankly, the first three opponents were not good enough. Well, adjustments were made and plays were made. 
and the defense bit right back. And if you're getting that, I mean, through five games, they've given up the third least yards of any team since 1970. Number two was 1971. You know how different the game is then? You know what the yards totals are? Yep. Right? And that secondary is really good. And, and you know, they're, you're going to need everybody. Uh, Rodney McLeod's been a really good signing, giving them some snaps and giving them a presence. But one thing the secondary is doing is what, what you should do, which is take advantage of that defensive line, which, again, isn't perfect. But, man, they're back there all the time. It's different guys. A couple big plays from Obo today. You know, the Miles one I already mentioned doesn't show up on the stat sheet. A um, couple times they get run over early. Then I see Tomlinson back there shoving people around. Linebacker safeties closing to the ball. Uh, last year when Anthony Walker got hurt, they folded the tent. This year, J- today, JOK was a freaking rocket. Yes. One of the game. It's probably too early to mention this, but I have ADD and I'll forget. So I'm going to say it now <laughs> while I'm thinking about it. This is why I love sitting next to Zach during games. Because when they... I don't understand why they called a timeout to run a fake fake. But as soon as they ran out there, Zach said, hang on, this isn't the punt team. Like, that's their offensive line. And, and as you said, Dewan Jones is a big tell because he's, he's not on special teams. So when he's out there, you know something's up. And Zach friggin' called it and said, is this the Harry Bryant under center motion under center? And sure enough, as soon as he says it, Bryant motions under center. And they try and draw him off sides. Just the, just, it was incredible to listen to Zach diagnose that in real time and friggin' nail it and call it out. And then also the run play to hunt up the middle toward the end of the game. I can't remember the exact details. I'm sure you do. You're like, you got to run it here up the middle. And by God, it was the Kareem Hunt run up the middle. Uh, yeah. Just two, sitting next to Zach, it's fun. It's fun because you diagnose the game and you see the game differently than a lot of people do. And I just had to get that out there while I was thinking about it because I wanted to give you your flowers and hey, otherwise would have forgotten. Victory laps for everybody. And you know what? Dustin Hopkins gets one. And he missed today, too. Right? He did. There are so many. Like, in a standard NFL game, there's usually like five or six things you can go back and forth on. Right? If this, then that. If this, then that. Without this. But honestly, in this game, there's like 15. There's at least. And that, that's probably understating it. Um, and I'll tell you two things I heard in the locker room. One, I'm not going to say who. Uh, I heard some players saying, what in the fuck were we doing on that last pass? Yeah. Right? Uh, And and that's fair. But I also heard when Kareem came to the shower, I also heard the offensive linemen basically get out of their chairs and give him not – there wasn't clapping, but there was barking and there was yelling. Give him a standing out. And they two of them said, you were asking for the ball. You were telling us you weren't losing this game. And we got you that push. And, and they did it, right? And so, like, what wins games? Those margins, those fourth downs, not screwing up, not giving away your timeouts. And sometimes makes or misses and field goals. A lot of times makes or misses and field goals. But you have to execute in those times. And the Browns, even without the completed passes, in the fourth quarter, won the time of possession, moved the chains, and set up Hopkins twice to win it. And let's not forget, they had a touchdown called back on a Wyatt Teller hold and had to get three out of it. When do the Browns ever win games against good teams when they have to take six off the board and settle for three instead? Yeah, like, I mean, really, right. Secretly, Njoku had a huge game. The stats say he had, what, 20 yards? Yeah, he had two big plays called back. Yeah, and, and the penalties are a concern. And look, guys, the game management is a concern because if they lose, then we are sitting talking about botching that game. And that's whether they lose on the field goal that goes in or they, or they pick off P.J. there or whatever. Um, Stefanski is not perfect, right? Make or miss league. We just went over that. He was really good. 
in giving the offense a chance early to settle in, to move the ball, to attack different ways and get the run game going. I, I, I will always believe that a lot of times the run game is just the effort that I mentioned with Kareem Hunt yelling for it and giving it a chance. And you were all rightly, rightly angry about the last game and not giving it a chance and not sticking with it. And today there was a much more patient plan to do it. Um, if they were down 10, seven and a half and it felt like they were winning, right. The defense took from there, but just really they won it because they did stick with it. And Jerome Ford is not in every down back. And sometimes, you know, it's not on Jerome because we're judging by the Nick Chubb scale. But right after we pointed out that he's not in every down back, he had a big run today. Kareem was calling for the ball. He had it like, you know, they used James Hudson. They used Nick Harris at fullback. They used James Hudson as an extra tackle. They even had Pierre Strong in for a game. Like, they made up, as a staff and as a whole offense, that they made up their minds they were going to find a way to run the ball. And they did. And like I said, even if Watson comes back next week, and that's an if, and it, it is ridiculous that they're only doing this by people leaking things and certain details and, and not saying that. Um, can we say he's going to be 100%? Can we say he's going to be clicking the way he was in the third quarter of that Tennessee game? No, no. And so you have to, as a play caller, as a head coach, a game manager, right? Swallow your pride, understand, feel the game, and run the ball. And so you can say today, um, and I don't really have a ton, ton else to say here, Jason, that he totally botched it by using the timeout and taking the delay. It was a little much. We understand the intent, right? But he felt the game and felt that his defense would make the plays. And so why not punt and pin him deep? And that wasn't the only time, right? Like the hot hand was the defense. And so twice in the second half, the Browns made decisions to turn it over to their defense and both times it worked. Yeah, I don't have a ton left to add either. I don't know if Miles mentioned the podium. You did say earlier he did get a hand on that pass. It didn't look like he did, but he told me in the locker room he did get he did tip it. He did get a hand on the pass that Emerson picked for, I believe that was his first career interception. Um, Newsom could have had one, should have had one. That would have been his first at the end, would have put it away. Instead, things got a lot more difficult, a lot hairier than they needed to. Uh, but just, I mean, you can't you can't nitpick anything this defense did. Just a remarkable effort. I uh, thought there was one or two other things. Just the fact, just the way PJ got here. I'm going to write about it later. Just the way PJ Walker landed here was kind of interesting. Philly had a lot to do with it. Kevin wanted him in Minnesota when he was coming out of Temple. Kevin, being a Philly guy, he saw PJ play, liked him. Uh, Chicago cut him with, as you mentioned this week, guaranteed money. How unusual that is, and they went with a Division three guy or Division two guy over him. Yeah, um, and. But Andrew Barry stayed in contact with his agent. And again, the Philly connection, the agent knew AB from his days with the Eagles. And and DJ comes in, and, and by no means did he set the world on fire today, but he did enough. And for the most part, aside from the two picks, you know, he was in control. It felt much different than the DTR game two weeks ago. The game wasn't too fast for him. He was getting the ball out for the most part on time and on target. The pass into the end zone at the end was dreadful. But other than that, you know, the Warner, I thought Warner just made a good play on that pick. And same with the sideline pick. I didn't know that those were necessarily ill-advised throws. I just thought good players made good plays. I don't know if you disagree with that or not. But generally, I just thought he just kept it in front of him, kept everything in front of him, and gave him a chance. Yeah, you know, the first one, I, I think Warner just reads it all the way. And, and I, you know, it's a play everybody runs. It's a play the Browns run all the time. And Warner's just really good. That's what he does. That's why he, he is yeah. who he is. The second one, the pressure came right up the middle. Um, and he threw, and they knew what route they were running, and that's that's what you deal with, right? 
Um, I see down at the bottom of the chat, somebody says it was design boot. It was. No, there was three receivers out there in the pattern. So whatever the play was, and obviously I'm not in the communication, it was let's fake the handoff and roll him out. But I'm sure it came with the instruction of you only throw if it's a touchdown, right? We're doing this because we're trying to catch them. And if we can score the touchdown, obviously the game is over. Right. But, but we're, you, you are supposed to eat that ball. And he did. <laughs> and again, that's what it comes down to. That two guys should have picked it or could have picked it. Did kick field goal win. They go down, kick the field goal, lose, miss, lose. You know, that's, that's how it goes. So um, Kevin has always done it that way. Um, <clears throat> some people would disagree. I think for the most part, Kevin is a good play caller and a really good play designer. I think one of his Achilles heels is he gets a little ahead sometimes like that. But as, as I mentioned, there was other times he felt the game. And you know, he, he talked after the game. Um, and he's done this before when some of his decision-making has come up. And obviously, results-based business, right? He's talked about feeling the game and knowing or, or coming in with a plan and thinking they have to get to a certain number. Remember the game in Minnesota, Jason, um, two yep. years ago? Great call. Yep. Everybody thought it'd be a shooter. Remember, he missed Odell by a combined like 157 <laughs> yards that day on four pass. Yes. Um, but everybody thought it'd be a shootout. The Browns ended up winning. Well, he basically said, we, we knew if we won. And, he, and then he said completely genuinely, what was the final score? Like he didn't remember. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But he was like, we we knew it would be this type of game if we won. And, and that, that did reflect in the early play calls. And so for the Browns to continue, to you know, they have to make smarter decisions in the margins, in the crunch time. They have to run the ball like this. Right. Um, and, and, and they got to win. They got to win those. They, they got to be smarter um, in those situations because this easily could have been a giveaway, as, as you guys who, who have all noted. So, um, look, three and two is honestly, with all the before any of this, the injuries and all this other drama happened, three and two is probably where I thought this team would be, could be, needed to be. Obviously, four and one was attainable. Obviously, in Pittsburgh was the chance for them to say we're not the same old Browns and really make a statement that might come later. But to have this against you and to have it go the way it's gone over the last two weeks when you only played one game and shit, you can barely say you even played in that one. Um, and have all this stuff going and be staring at two and three, having the Niners come in here undefeated, and then looking at two straight and not knowing whether the quarterback's going to be in practice Wednesday or not. Um, You know, kudos to all, and and especially um, to that defense who who just, who was going to need, always going to need a certain number of big plays and exceeded that number. That's it. That's all I got. What a win. What a what a game. What a crazy game. What a fun game. A game that almost always goes against the Browns for once mm-hmm. in their favor. Yeah. Um, and I see some people asking, you know, about bringing in certain guys. Um, you know, before this game, we talked about the possibility they might have to bring in another running back. And, and I think they might. Um, you know, I think another part of the disappointment of not having is, is, is judging your whole passing game. You know, they, they got Marquise Goodwin involved on the end of round today. Or the, or the quick out, whatever that was. Um, you know, they did use Elijah Moore more like a slot receiver instead of the world's worst running back today. He <laughs> does have some pop. He just he doesn't have game-changing pop, but he does have some pop. You know, um, they're in on this season, and they want to win. So so to, to lose these evaluation points is true. Now, what, what and who realistically are you going to get at the trade deadline? I don't know. 
Um, if you think Kareem Hunt has more of these games in you, in him, um, then you're less inclined to do that. You know, if there's a chance to give a fifth round pick, say, I'm just throwing that number out and get a guy who could potentially give you 15 or 18 carries in a December game because you don't have that guy on the roster, then yes, you have to think about it, right? So uh, again, we'll see how that goes. And we'll see if Joel Antonio can, can get back in the next couple of weeks. We'll see how this defense holds up. Um, I know if Thornhill got treated, he seemed to be okay in the locker room. Look, this was a war. These guys have been through it. And there's a long track record going back to early last year of teams get so beat up by the Niners that they lose the next week. Yep. But but the Browns put it all out. Both teams put it all out there today, emotionally and everything else. And so now this is on the challenge for the coach to be a better game manager, for the quarterback to get healthy, for the run game to to build on this momentum and, and for the defense to keep doing what it does. Uh, it might have to be that the defense just stays on the gas, you know, until it doesn't have any more at, at some point. It might have to be that. But at three and two, you feel a lot better about the uncertainty and the overall state of things than you would have at two and three. So um, kudos to all involved for finding a way. Thank you guys for listening, for reading. We got to write. Uh, we'll talk this week. Uh, about the Colts, about Deshaun Watson, about all of those things. Wednesday afternoon when they're back on the practice field, I'll be there. We might both be there, you know, watching. So we'll have you covered. Thank you guys for listening. As always, this has been our Civilized Barking Post Game. Talk to you soon.